0: Last week, uh, I started uh, a series on being kingdom optimists, and I I laid a little bit of groundwork and I made the case for things are getting better in life, and uh, things aren't getting worse, they're getting better. If we back up and look at the big picture, we will see that God's kingdom always has been and is advancing in the world, it is growing in the world, uh, regardless of what we see in our individual temporary circumstances. Sometimes we are in the middle of bad things, but we have to believe that things are getting better, that the kingdom is still growing. Uh, I thought it was interesting in the midst of giving a, a sermon last week and saying that things are getting better. Then uh, my mom gets sick. Uh, Pam's nephew passed away this week. Uh, that was rather unexpected. He's, he was, uh, had some birth defects when he was born, and the doctors had told him uh, he wasn't going to live more than a few months. And he just turned 20 this year, and, but he passed away. But I, we were just thinking, you know, God, you gave him 20 more years than even the doctors said he was going to get. Yet it was still unexpected, and it's a hard loss. And there, there are things that are popping up all around us. I'm still here to say things are getting better, because I serve a God that's bigger than death. I serve a God that's bigger than illness. I serve a God who is about increase and advancement in the world. And uh, I won't be moved by circumstances. No matter what they look like, how bleak they may be. And and I will grant you, there are very difficult circumstances to walk through in life. There are things that people I know have gone through that I would not wish upon anybody. But I know that God is bigger. And I know that His kingdom triumphs over all. I thought about last week's sermon and I wanted to clarify just a little bit. I'm not talking about being an optimist just for the sake of being positive and we're all Pollyanna and we have these great outlooks and you know we, we bury our head in the sand and ignore all the problems and just pretend. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about optimism for optimism's sake. I'm talking about we belong to God. We are in Christ. We have access to all the promises of God. They are yes and amen in our lives. We serve a God that is bigger than anything else that you could come up against. That is why we have hope. That is why we are optimists. Not just because we want to all smile at each other in church on Sunday morning. So hopefully uh, that clarifies a little bit. But I just what stuck with me last week, I told a couple people that weren't here, if Jesus himself said all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me things must be getting better or something's wrong either jesus was lying or he doesn't he's not really using his authority something must be wrong if things aren't getting better because he has all authority in heaven and earth we are called to be bearers of good news bringers of hope and uh, helping people look forward to the future what's what's one of the worst things that can happen to you in life is if you get stuck if you stay in one place, if you lose your hope for the future, why do people kill themselves? They lose their hope for the future. They can't see a way out of where they are. That's one of the vilest things that the enemy can bring to deceive people is when he robs their hope and they think there's no other way out but to end my life. We need to be bringers of hope. Your, your neighbor that just lost his job, he needs hope. You know, the, the girl at school that just found out she's pregnant. She needs someone to bring hope in her life. You can th- go down the line. You can think of situations. Our our Hindu neighbors in our neighborhood, they need someone who's going to bring them hope and give them a vision for the future. If we don't offer hope to them, no one else will. There There is no one else that has hope like we have. There's no one else who can bring that to bear in their lives. So you know this, again we're not this isn't the magic bullet you know we're not the church of the quick fix you know there's there's no i can't just give you a nice little checklist that says okay every difficult situation you get in just do step 1 2 and 3 and it it'll all magically go away and everything will be fine there there is some work that's involved sometimes but every single time we encounter something difficult i am going to believe that god is able to heal sick people I'm going to believe that He's able to restore broken relationships. I'm going to believe that He is able to keep every promise in His Word. He is able for the works of the devil to be utterly destroyed and the effects of those works cast out of our lives. I have to believe that. And not just because I'm the pastor. That's, that's, right. that's not just in my job description, like, oh, to run New Life Fellowship, you have to be an optimist. That's not why I believe it. I have to believe that regardless yeah. yes. of what station I find myself in life, of what yes. title you have, what job you hold, we must be people of hope. Yes. Is that okay? You guys on the same page about that? All right, good. I'm with the right group. So. People may ask us, why should we have hope and optimism? What, what is it that, that stirs that within you? And, and I had a couple things that uh, I started making notes, and then I went back and made bullet points. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll sum that up with a nice bullet point. But uh, it, it really is. You could just go all day long. We could read this book and tell people why we have hope. Uh, the first thing that I thought of this week, though, is why do we have hope and optimism? God has a plan. That is the number one thing I look at. He has a plan. I think Dennis even prayed it in our prayer for uh, salvation this morning. Uh, Jeremiah 29:11. What does God say? He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah. Now, we go back. We know in context, God said that to the Israelites while they were in captivity in Babylon. He didn't want them to be discouraged. It was part of his process for them to actually go live among the Babylonians. But he was giving them a vision of the future. I have a hope. I have a plan for you. I have something that is better than where you are now that I will bring you into. So even though he spoke that to them, it applies to our lives. No matter what circumstance we're in, we have to know that God has a plan. plan to give us a hope and a future. As grand and lofty as our plans might be for ourselves, how many of you would trade your plans in for a second for God's plans? Yeah. Man, no no debate, no choice. Just, God, you've got a plan for me? Forget my plan, I'll take yours. Because it's going to be better every single time. He knows the plans even if we don't see the whole picture. Sometimes, again, we, we get so caught up in just seeing this is happening to me right now. I can't see anything else. He still has a plan for a hope and a future for us. And I believe He does want us to see more of the picture. That's that's why He tells us keep our eyes fixed on the unseen. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He wants us to see more of the big picture. He doesn't want us to be caught up in staring and looking and being driven by our circumstances. Now, I think it's kind of interesting. uh, Right before He tells the Israelites, I know the plans I have for you... uh, If you back up a few verses in Jeremiah 29 to verse 5, even going into captivity, this is what he told them to do. He said, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. And watch what he tells the Israelites, which I think is still a word for us today. He says, increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is very similar to the condition we find ourselves in earth. Right. We, we are strangers and aliens. We are passing through, uh, but we are in this world to establish the kingdom of God. The same way He told the Israelites, pray for the city because if it prospers, you're going to prosper also. That's what God is calling us to. As we prosper, as we increase, so does the condition of this world. That's why we need Christian people to run for office and to to get jobs of prominence, to be business leaders, because as the city prospers, the circumstances of the world change. If the kingdom of God is really at work, growing and increasing, as we begin to become people of influence, then the world truly does change. God is always about increase. If if He has plans for a hope and a future, shouldn't we? Yes. We we ought to be the people that that have a plan, that have something to tell people when they come to us and say, right. oh, "I just really don't know what's going to happen." You know, how do you keep how do you keep such a Joyful countenance. How how are you full of hope? We ought to be telling them about the hope and the future, the plan that God has. God's plan is the one that prevails. Psalm thirty three eleven says, The plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. So there is something about when God has a plan, you can be confident and know that it will be good, that you will have a hope in a future, that things will improve. We could go, I mean, we could go around this room this morning. Everybody probably has a situation you're dealing with right now that's that's difficult or you're wondering about. How could this ever get better? We need to remind ourselves God has a plan for a hope and a future. And it includes bringing us out or through those even difficult circumstances we're dealing with right now. So we should have hope because God has a plan. Uh, The next thing I thought of is God is at work. How many of you are glad God's at work in your life? All right, that was at least three. So we got three people that God's at work in your life, and the rest of us were just waiting for something to happen. How many of you God's at work in your life? Yes. And if, if He's not, you got to go back and look again. Because I know that He is. That's, that's part of the deal. When, when we are following after Him, He's always at work in our lives. Who, who is the one who doesn't sleep in slumber? It's Him, right? I, I go to bed every night, sometimes in the middle of the day when we have company and then Pam gets upset. But God <laughs> never takes a nap. He's always at work on our behalf. He's always watching. He sees what happens. And if He's at work, if He's for us, who can be against us? If He's working in our lives, that's why I don't believe Christians that say God's not doing anything in my life right now. Then You're not looking hard enough you, you got to go back and look again and you got to see what He's up to because I know that I know He's doing something. Uh, so God is at work. We always quote this one. How many of you have ever found encouragement with Romans 8.28? It says, we know. Everybody say, we know. We know. If we don't know, we got to go back and convince ourselves. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Have you been called... Any, anybody heard the call of Jesus in your life and decided to follow Him? If you've been called, then this is truly a verse we can stand on. You don't need to just break this verse out during the hard times either. We, we need to be standing on this verse all the time to know that, God, no matter where I am, if I'm up or down, if I'm, things are going sideways, I don't know what direction you're going, but we need to be able to know, God, You are going to use this for good. You are going to somehow cause this situation, this circumstance to work out for good. God is working for good, not bad. Everybody knows the difference, right? Say say good and say bad. Those are different, right? All right. God is always at work for good. Now, we've also encountered bad circumstances in our lives. I I know some of the things that some of you have been through, and, and there is no other way to describe them but bad. God... Did not send those bad things. God did not create those bad things. But He will work in the midst of them to turn them into something good on our behalf. Every single time. I I don't care how difficult it is or how hard it is. I don't want to diminish anybody's difficulties you go through. But every single time, no matter what the circumstance, He will turn it around for good in our lives. Good. God is good. He's working for good, not bad. Does it irritate anybody else when God gets blamed for bad stuff? I just, I hate that. When when people say, "Oh, God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson," or they think bad things. No, God is always good, and He sends good things. He works for good in our lives. Mm. If something is bad, it didn't come from God's work. You know. Um, we can look at it and pretty sure it either came from the devil's at work or we live in a fallen world and there is sickness and disease and bad things that got released through sin and the curse that was upon the that's earth right. but it right. didn't come from god that's right it just it's one of those things when i hear people say that it, there's not much that really gets me that upset but that's one of the things that just kind of raises the hair on the back of my neck or gets my hackles up a little bit i don't even is hackles even a good word is that that's like old timey isn't it um, it just it irritates me. God is at work. Uh, I, I was thinking about where He's at work and the good things He does. I actually looked up the word "good" just because I guess I'm nerdy, maybe in that way. But I, I looked up the word "good" in that verse, and you know what it means? It means good. <laughs> uh, it is the Greek word "agathos," and uh, in the in the Vine's uh, Biblical Dictionary, there it said uh, it literally means excelling in any respect, distinguished and good. It can be predicated of persons, things, conditions, qualities, affections of the soul, deeds, times, and seasons. God will cause good to come about in all those aspects if we trust and believe that we're called. As I was thinking about worries at work, uh, this is kind of a little bunny trail I went down while I was looking at the notes. How many of you know He's at work on our behalf, which means in our circumstances. He's orchestrating some things. If you don't see Him in your circumstances, a good prayer to start praying is, God, help me see you in the middle of this circumstance. So He's, he's at work on our behalf. How many of you know He's at work in us? Right? He's, he's fashioning the character of Jesus inside of us. He's causing us to become more Christ-like. If you don't see Him at work in your life, what would be a good prayer to pray? God, help me see You at work in my life. I, I know I need to grow. I know I'm not perfect yet, so help me see right. You at work in my life. Where do I need to grow? So He's at work on our behalf. He's at work in us. How many of you know He's at work through us? That's one we don't always think about and we shortchange sometimes, but God is actually at work through us. And if we're not seeing it, a prayer we need to pray is, God, help me see what I need to release into this situation. God, You've given me authority. You've given me the power to speak and declare. If I'm not seeing You at work through me in these circumstances, what do I need to do? God, show me. Here's here's a couple verses to back that up. How about Ephesians 3.20? It says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. He's able to do more than we could ask or imagine. In fact, the Amplified says more than you could dare to ask or imagine. He's able to do those things because of His power that's at work within us. There is something that we release into the circumstances that changes things that cause the more than we could think or imagine to come to pass because we yield to Him and don't just let Him work on our behalf or in us, but also through us. There is something, there is a blessing that comes as the people of God. Let God live through us and let Him move in us. I thought this one was good too. Uh, Psalm 90 verse 17 says, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. And watch this. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God has already established His work. It it was done forever when Jesus went to the cross, when He said, it is finished. His work is done. Now, the psalmist says, establish the work of our hands. I think God is is waiting for that as as we are involved in His business, as we're releasing the kingdom of God, as we're doing what He's called us to do. He wants to come right behind and establish the work of our hands in the world. Psalm 8.6 says this about man. You've made him ruler over the works of your hands you put everything under his feet you know I don't even do that with my kids <laughs> with, with the little bit that I have in life I don't entrust Silas with everything I don't say here's, here's the keys to the car here's the lawnmower here's, you know, here's the bills you can pay I don't entrust Silas with all that stuff but God who owns everything who created this universe has entrusted his work to man Does that boggle anybody else's mind that he would take that risk? That's just... I don't get it sometimes, but he wants the work of our hands to be established as he works through us. So, why do we have hope and optimism? God has a plan. God's at work. And how about this one is the last one I was thinking of today. God has a kingdom. Now, this is not just... I know I've talked about the kingdom a lot recently, but God keeps sending me back to it so i think he's trying to really drill it home to us Uh, he is the king of a very real kingdom this is not just like a nice platitude of oh god has heaven or things are just nice god has a very real kingdom that he is at work trying to get his people to manifest it in the earth there is a tangible realm of righteousness peace and joy that he wants to see Uh, encompass every aspect of our lives we are called as his people this is this is part of your job description this morning we are called to bring his kingdom into a collision with the works of the kingdoms of this world because anytime the kingdom of god collides with an inferior kingdom his kingdom trumps his kingdom wins when we come into places where we don't see things that look exactly like heaven When we don't see righteousness, peace, and joy in in situations, we're called to bring His kingdom to bear. That's, I love the way you ended that prayer, Dennis. He says, "Lord, we release the kingdom of God onto the lives of the people in this basket." Right. That's right. I got some notes further down, but I, I want to talk. I want to say them right now because I'm excited about them. Because because people say, you know, we, we've reduced so much of. The kingdom of God and the Lord's Prayer to just rote and repetition and just these platitudes. Oh, that sounds nice, but how does it really work? You know, because I, I get people that they'll ask that, you know, Matthew 10, 8 says freely you've received, freely give it away. Right. So people will ask me, well, well, how do you give away the kingdom? You know, what, what does that look like in a in a practical everyday situation? How do I release the kingdom of God into my circumstances? That's a good question, isn't it? So I'm going to tell you. I got some answers. Uh, the first one, this, this probably, I don't know if it's the easiest, but it's, it's the most direct, is you begin to put the principles of the Word into practice in your life. How many of you know there is good stuff in the Bible that will help you succeed in life? There, even even in business, there are principles that, that companies use that they don't even know it, but it's the Word of God in how to interact in your business dealings and how to have integrity and how to do... The, and every time that they get put into practice people prosper things succeed and, and they may not even give God the credit they may not know it but that's the power of his word you, yeah. you do the stuff that's in the word this is what happens in your life his realm begins to manifest his promises come to bear in our situation you need to find out not you every single one of us I'm, I'm preaching to me in that one too yeah. we need to know yeah. what's in this book so we know how to live our lives and how to direct people it's, it's, we've reduced it to such a cliche. People, you, know, you hear pastors say, this is the owner's manual for life. It really is. <laughs> I, we, we can't reduce it to just a cliche. We have to have our nose in this book and say, well, what should I do in this situation? How should I live in this? I, one of my favorite stories was we, we had a guy in Virginia that he had just gotten saved and uh, he came to our friend Rick at work and uh, this, this friend, he'd been going through a difficult time in his marriage. And he was thinking about ending his marriage, and uh, he got saved. And he came to talk to Rick. He says, "Rick, I was I was reading that Bible you gave me the other night, and there was a verse in there that said uh, God hates divorce. So I know that's not an option anymore. And like you know, this guy started reconciling with his wife. And it's just the simple power of the Word. We begin to act on what we see in the book. And that guy's marriage." turned around it turned a corner because he found something in the word that he could stand on and begin to act on and turn his life and it's just very practical things you know god god gave a lot of direction not because he wanted to micromanage people's lives because he knew if you do this this good thing will happen in your life
1: Can I share
0: a story? okay is it okay if pam shares a story okay,
1: It'll be quick.
0: all right i'm thumbs up from the coliseum <laughs> all right
2: sorry um so this is Thursday
0: while we were at the food bank, and um... ooh, what? are you? You're not going to talk about Wendy, check, are you? Check no. I wanted to share that. Okay, this is a complete. This is a com- <laughs> this is a complete aside from the sermon. But uh, we have this this lady named Wendy that comes. She lives downtown. She comes and helps with the food bank a lot on Thursdays. And uh, several weeks ago, Pam and some of the people at the food bank. Wendy had this big uh, growth on her knee, like a big cyst. You could see this lump on her knee, and uh, they prayed for, her, and the thing completely disappeared while they were praying. It just, it just was gone. And uh, so Wendy comes in to see me on Thursday, and uh, she popped in the office and to talk to Tammy, and she says. I went back to the doctor and it's still gone. And the, and the doctor said, you know, because they were talking about doing surgery to remove it and all this, and the doctor's like, I don't know what to tell you, Wendy, but there's nothing there anymore. So I was just ah. Yeah. yeah. Yes, God. Thank you,
3: Lord.
2: You know, it's so funny, you know, just thinking about the practical aspects of the kingdom life. I mean really? The food bank is an awesome place to come see what God wants to do, but, but obviously God will do it anywhere we are when we just make ourselves available. But this week, um, so this lady comes in, and I know her from the community. I've known her for a few years, and she used to come to the food bank a lot more when, like, way back when Deb was sick, and I was kind of in on all that a little more, and I know she's got not necessarily the best reputation in the neighborhood and stuff like that, but she walked in, you know, it doesn't take much for me to get it, but she walked in really, really slow, and I knew that obviously something was going on with her, so, you know, it was just all over, all over her face, all over her body, just she was in pain, and she wasn't having a good day, and, you know, just her eyes, everything, and I felt like she was straight. She wasn't stoned or anything like that. But anyway, um, so I told her I was going to pray for her before she left. And, you know, I ended up walking her out. And as I'm walking out with her and I'm walking out with her groceries and I'd already said, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your back and pray for your body. And it turns out she had some stuff going on with her, like her ribs and her lungs and stuff. So we start to walk down the slope. And, you know, I'm like, let's just stop. You know, I'm carrying everything. I'm like, let's just stop and pray right now. And so I, I just stopped and started praying for her and as i'm praying you know she's got tears streaming down her face and just you know i'm just praying the love of god i don't even care about her physical thing but you know i'm just like okay whatever god let her know you love her and you know in the midst of all of that i just i know god touched her but after we finished like we even had a cop stop uh, drove up on the road and he was like everything okay and i was like yeah i'm just praying for her. she was having some pain and i was like thank you for stopping he was like no problem just keep up do what you're doing you know whatever he said and You know, so we finished, and she just took a deep breath, and her eyes lit up again, you know, and her smile. She's she's a pretty nice lady. She's just got some bad things going on sometimes. But So I walk with her, and she starts walking again. You know, she's got her little groove back, and she starts walking. And this man was with her, and I didn't realize that he was her brother. And uh, he's helping her get her stuff to the car. They're going to the same place, so I'm carrying, and I'm dying because my arms are killing me carrying all these groceries. And we were joking, and I'm laughing with the brother. And I was like, I didn't realize you were her brother. And I'm like, take care of your sister. She starts asking me questions. She's like, well, let me ask you about this. What happens when this? What if if this happens when you dream? And we started talking about stuff. And she just, you know, people will open up. And people just, they want God. They really want God. And, you know, it just opened up things. And I just got to encourage her and got to pray with her and got to speak, really speak life over her. And I'm, you know, putting all this stuff over by the car, and the brother's like, thank God for you. God bless you. You're just a sweet whatever, you know. And I'm not saying all this to toot my own horn because, you know, this is who we are. Chris said if we're not the hope for anybody, who is going to be, right? That's truly the kingdom at work. And he said, don't let anything take your joy. He said to me, don't let anything take your joy away from you. And I, as I was leaving and I thought about the whole circumstance, I mean, I was on cloud nine for the rest of Thursday. And, you know, because I, I see how good God is. There were other things that happened Thursday and just great great things to be a part of. But the reality is that's the kingdom working through us. When, you know, I'm, I knew this lady, but it doesn't matter what our stories are. It doesn't matter how good or bad our decisions are or our life is. When we just take time to love the people and truly let them know they're loved by the king of all kings. He really, ah, he meets people in that place and honestly nothing can take that away from us. You know, because I walked away feeling better than I was, you know, and I just, there's nothing like being, just being a vessel. So I just say encouraged, I'm encouraging all of us where you are, just take the silly signs that are just as simple as somebody walking funny or, you know, whatever and even if, even if you think, "Oh gosh, I, I don't know how to heal somebody or whatever," I don't know how to pray for healing. Just release the love of God on people. Just allow God's love to flow through each of us, so that people know that they're loved. So, yeah. Thank
0: you. man, that's good stuff. Okay, it's like tag team preaching today. And. Uh, I will only allow it from certain people, so don't everybody (laughs) jump up at once.
1: Um, But the principle that he was saying about, like, even in business, to be able to bring the kingdom into into business, um, I'm very intentional about running my department with kingdom principles, and we've been going through uh, about five rounds of uh, reductions in force um, in our company, and we are up for another big one this month, and they said nobody will be unaffected. Um, Everybody's gonna have to, to make some cuts and some sacrifices. And um, and so I've been just praying through that, knowing, having that inside information and just praying, you know, Lord, protect what we have going here. And um, they went to the executive, the senior executive level, and had a meeting, and they were evaluating every department. And when they were evaluating my department, they, they were all in, in um, uh, agreement and said, that guy is running an A plus division, leave him alone. Oh, so, we got the favor that we will not be hitting a cut with because of the principles that we release into. Amen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm cutting it off at three.
3: Another woman and I, we went down. We did some very practical things like giving her some food, getting some things out, you know, talking with her. And she's very stubborn. The heels are dug in. She's very ill. And, you know, I just hugged her. Yeah. I mean, I hugged her, and mm-hmm. I hugged her, and I hugged her. And she wept. She wept. And then we talked about Alyssa, Our granddaughter. So today on the way to church, Steve stops by and takes her paper in. Her door was open today. Takes her paper in. And Evelyn said, I'm feeling a lot better today. I'm feeling a lot better today. And didn't pray. Didn't say any words of Jesus. I mean, I just hugged her and imparted as much love of God. (laughs) And she wept. She wept. And I'm still believing for her to accept the Lord. Amen. I still am.
0: Amen. So there you go. <laughs> those are better examples than I was. Yeah. So, so how do you release the kingdom? You, you put scriptural principles into effect in your life. You, you love and hug people. That's, I think that's worthy of its own bullet point is just love people. And uh, the other thing I, I thought about was, I uh, actually had this one in my notes, was you just speak it. It's, it's foolishness that confounds the wisdom of the world. People look at it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, Jesus stood up in the bow of the boat when the storm was raging. He didn't tell the disciples like, hey, let's bail faster or turn the sail yeah. this way or hey, let's let's all jump in and we'll make waves the opposite of the way. He, he just spoke. Yeah. Peace, be still. Why? Peace is part of the kingdom of God that we carry within us. That's the right. Prince of Peace That's himself right. said, I give you my peace. That's right. And the same way that He modeled releasing it into circumstances, right. we can do that. Yeah, right. You've got somebody that's all flustered. They're, they're torn up. They, they don't know what's going on in their lives. You know, you could just stand next to them and say, man, I just released peace upon yeah. your situation. Yeah. I just release peace into you right now. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to that's say, right. oh, I could just that's speak right. it and it happens. That's right. Try it that's right. and see what happens in that person's life. Some something as simple as saying, "I just," and you don't even necessarily even have to say it out loud to everybody. You could just you can go into a situation where you just know something's not right here. There there is something out of whack in this situation. What do you carry? Part of the kingdom of God is righteousness. Yep. Lord, I just release yep. righteousness in yep. this place right now. Right living, right acting, yep. rightness with you. I release it into this yep. situation, and I Thank know you, that Lord. you have authority over whatever That's is crazy. wrong here. It's as simple as that. Just yeah. what we carry within us, we, we have to believe first that it's in there, right? right. Je- Jesus made that very clear. He, 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 told, uh, he taught. First He started, the kingdom is near. The kingdom's at hand. And then He shifted eventually to, He told His disciples, the kingdom is within you now. Yeah. He, he moved it from an external reality to, it's, it's here right now. We, we have to believe that. If you don't believe that, you need to change the way you think. Yeah. That's repent. That's what's in the Bible. You need to repent and come into agreement with, okay, I don't feel a thing, but I believe this is true. God, you said it in here, so I don't care what I feel. I'm going to begin to believe that it's true. And when you begin to believe that it's true, your actions will follow. You can go into a place where you say, man, you've got confusion happening. There's turmoil in your relationship. I just release peace to you right now. The same peace that caused the waters that were raging to instantly calm works today. And it will go right into the storms of people's lives, into their minds, into their situation, and it will bring that same peace. How many of you know it's a lot easier to hear what somebody's saying to you and to receive something when there's peace? That's that's why people need to have an encounter with the kingdom of God Because they've got so much stuff going on in their lives that they can't hear a thing that God is trying to speak to them. They can't hear a thing that you're saying to them. But when the peace comes, when they begin to have an encounter with the kingdom, then it sets them up to meet the king. Would you like to know who calmed your storm? Would would you like to know how that situation changed? Would you like to know how something transformed in a place that you just thought it was so bleak you didn't even see a way out? Would you, would you like to meet the One that gave me the hope that I have yep. that I'm sharing with you right now? Yep. God has a plan. God's at work. God has a very real kingdom yeah. that He wants to release into our lives and He wants us That's to right. release it into the lives right. of those around us. Um, yeah. I'm not going to read them all. I had a bunch of verses... That, that i had on the kingdom but it's they're all good you can go look them up yourself so you can go type kingdom of god into into the internet and it'll show you all the verses just just know this the kingdom never ends it's eternal right. of the increase of his government there will be no end there god is about increase and growth he has a plan for his kingdom to permeate every aspect of this world and it's much easier to release than we probably ever thought Hmm. Come on! I got too much to say. I got next week, though, don't I? <laughs> and the week after that. Um, we we need to let people have an encounter with the kingdom of God, with what you carry inside of you, what stirs us to have hope and optimism, and know that we have a hope and a future. How many of you know that? We don't always have to have Holy Spirit goosebumps to release the kingdom on somebody. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, there, there. Are, thank God for times for Holy Spirit goosebumps. You know, those are, those are cool encounters that you get to have, and they stir you. But right. you don't have to have Holy Spirit goosebumps to go up and say, "Man, I, I just release peace into your life." Oh, you seem sad. I just release joy to you right now. I'm, can I pray for you? Yeah. We'll just, I'm just gonna pray that God's joy overwhelms yeah. your circumstances right now. You seem kind of down today. Can I share some joy with you? And God, because it's it's God's word, it's His kingdom, it's His promises. That's what causes it to come to bear, not because we feel a certain way or we got the goosebumps. All right, let's go ahead and stand. Is anybody else anybody else ready to go out and release the kingdom on somebody? I mean, there ought to be something in us that stirs us. God's good. I, I already got plans today, so I can't do it. But I was thinking, if if you want to find out more about what's going on in the Ivory Coast, take Jay out to lunch today. Okay. Cool. See, make that happen. Somebody make that happen for me, please. I I would if I didn't have plans. Um. Thank you, God. Hmm. Mm Hmm. I don't, I don't know how to picture it, but I want to, everybody go like this in front of you, and then uh, make it a little bit bigger, because that's that's what I feel like God wants to release on us today. Just. An, an increase in our understanding in our uh, understanding of the capacity of the kingdom that we carry and can release on people so god i i ask that even as people move their hands out away from them this morning to increase uh, their what they're carrying just picture a big container or whatever that your capacity lord even as we moved our hands out this morning to increase i ask that you would increase our understanding of what we carry and how we can release it, Lord? I ask for opportunities. Even today, I ask for opportunities uh, to just to see how simple it is to release Your kingdom. Just to see how simple it is to love people. Just to see how simple it is to stand on Your word, hmm. Lord. I thank You for kingdom encounters yes. all throughout this yes. room in the in the lives that are represented. Uh, In this room this morning. In the the life of New Life Fellowship. I thank you for Kingdom Encounters. Mm. Thank you God. Just even stirring us fresh and anew. That love for people. That sensitivity to see when people are going through situations where we have the answer. Where we have something they need. God I bless your people today. I thank you for walking with us. I thank You not just for working on our behalf or making us more like Jesus, but I thank You that You actually want to work through us too. God, we yield our hands to You. We yield our members to You today. And we say, have Your way in in every area of our lives, Lord. We love You and we honor You this morning. We thank You for this time that we've had in Your presence as part of Your family, as Your household, Lord God. And I bless Your people now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.